Welcome to Citron Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Bublé. Good day, everyone. I welcome to Citron Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Bublé. I'm a tax partner in the New York City office, as well as the firm's tax practice leader. Today, we're going to be talking about the new Section 163J regulations that deal with interest expense limitation and the international tax aspects of those. And to do that, we have Liz DeMore, who is a manager in our international tax services group out of our Providence office. Liz, welcome. Nice to have you here. Nice to be here. Thank you. All right, great. Thanks for coming in. I know how busy you are. So let's just talk about these uh, new 163J regs. So recently in January, the IRS comes out with final regs, give taxpayers additional guidance. So can you just give us a sense of, is there anything in these regs that taxpayers should be concerned about? Well, yeah, yes. Um, right now, kind of the general uh, changes um, that everybody's kind of uh, talking about um, is that they made these this, these latest regulations um, not complete. Um, they're, they're final regulations, but there's more final regulations to be uh, done in the future. Um, right now, these regulations are just touching upon uh, some clarifications both to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, as well of the, as the most recent uh, Coronavirus um, Aid Relief Act, um, which is the CARES Act. Um, the latest uh, kind of enactment of the final, of this version of the final regulations um, involves some pass-through entities, regulated investment uh, companies, and the controlled foreign corporations, which is kind of in my wheelhouse. Um, but generally, um, the biggest one that everybody's kind of buzzing about is that for tax years uh, 2019 and 2020, um, instead of calculating the 30% of the adjusted taxable income that the, that the taxpayer has to calculate for the limitation, um, it's now 50%. And if you don't wish to um, do the 50%, you're actually gonna have to elect out of it um, for each taxable year. Um, so that's important. Okay, yeah, and uh, formal election needs to be made. Always something to keep an eye on. Yes. Uh, moving more toward the international aspect. So what, what uh, so someone who's got a foreign corporation, what are they really, what's their takeaway from these regs? So for these regs, um, they're actually discussing what they call the CFC group, the Controlled Foreign Corporation Group. Um, it's similar to what we do with the Consolidated Corporation Rules. In fact, um, a lot of the references in the regulations actually also refer back to the consolidated corporate rules. So it's important that if the taxpayer has uh, several CFCs, that they consider this. This is something they should consider because if you make an election to be considered, so they'll be what they'll have to do is for all of their um, foreign corporations that they want to elect as part of this CFC group. Um, they're going to have to make an uh, initial election. They're going to have to specify those CFCs that they want as part of the CFC group. Um, if it's more than one U.S. person that is an owner of the CFC group, they're going to be considered a designated U.S. person, and they're going to each have to elect on their uh, uh, tax returns that they want to elect this CFC group. So whatever their relevant tax return might be, whether it be you know, the corporate or an individual tax return or even a partnership return. Um, so the advantage of having a CFC group is that the section 163J election would be concluded using the sum 
of all of these CFCs. And what's great, most importantly, is that if one CFC has what we call a negative adjusted taxable income, so an adjusted taxable income under zero, usually under the regular rules of 163J, um, you can't have anything that's less than zero. You have to stop there. But with the CFC group, if one of these specified CFCs has a negative adjusted taxable income and another CFC has a positive adjusted taxable income, you can actually net them together. So it's the sum of, so which is a great attribute, right? It's, it actually has much more benefit because now you can actually um, use the sum of them, uh, both negative and positive and not just stop at that zero mark. So standing alone, right? You'd have to stop at zero, now you don't. So the CFC group is a great sum of all of the specified CFCs. So this is just a, a very good beneficial election that can be made. Very, very tax technical. So it's something that if uh, a taxpayer does have um, several CFCs, they're gonna wanna go to their uh, tax advisor and see if this, is, if this makes sense for them. Sure, and, and what would happen if one, uh, one owner made the election and another did not? It wouldn't have, they wouldn't allow it then. So it has to be all um, the whole, if, if so, all of the designated uh, US persons must agree and they must all elect. Interesting. Wouldn't have that something like that could even be enforced. You don't it probably have to be, you'd have to have probably the conversation, a yeah. have have conversation to see if, they, if everybody agrees to it. Sure. Okay. And uh, while we're talking about some international tax matters, are there any other areas where, uh, Waiting for more guidance on under the 163J? Yes, absolutely. So most importantly with the CFCs, in fact, almost all of uh, what we're waiting on is, is mostly uh, con contingent on CFC groups. So uh, further guidance, um, the IRS has said that they were going to be looking more into a CFC group considered a single C corporation uh, for purposes of allocations, potentially. Um, treating a CFC group as a single taxpayer for purposes of treating amounts of interest, um, ordering rules for the CFC group member with effectively connected income, and even computation of adjusted taxable income for certain United States tax holders um, that have the applicable CFCs. So there's a lot more guidance um, that is coming down for um, both CFC groups and for taxpayers with CFCs. So more to be seen probably in the next couple of months. Okay, but hopefully they'll wait till after tax season. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> the last thing you want is a complex set of rates that come out right before you got a file return and those regs apply. So hopefully they will do that. Yeah. But this was great, Liz. Thanks for, uh, thanks for appearing on the podcast. And I would say to all the listeners, we're going to be doing a couple of podcasts on international tax matters. So if you're interested in that, please be on the lookout. And uh, thank you for listening, everyone, and uh, stay safe and carry on. Thank you.